and that's a blessing. And, and what you uh, have seen, we practice the same thing in Argentina. We just finished, our church just finished uh, their Faith Promise uh, Commitment Month. And uh, this year we're going to have a little over 100% inflation in Argentina. And our people increased their faith promise this year by 70%. Think about that. Over 100% inflation, and they increased their faith promise by 70%. Which goes to show you, folks, uh, faith promise is not based on the economy of a country. Uh, it's not based on your job. Our average worker makes about $2.50 an hour. Gallon of gas is about three fifty, so about an hour and a half work for a gallon of gas. So it's not based on your job; it's based on who your God is. That's what it is, and your faith in your God. All right, it can be done. All right, so don't don't get discouraged. God's still in control. Uh, God is still the one that guides and directs us. And one day, the trumpet's going to sound. All right, and we'll be caught up together to meet Him. In the air. Matthew 28, please. Nothing new under the sun, the Bible says. So I'm not going to preach a new message because there's no new messages. Uh, if somebody says they've got a new message, they're mistaken because God says there's nothing new under the sun. It's been preached somewhere and sometime in history. But Matthew chapter 28, the mission for Anchor Baptist Church, right? That's what we want to talk about tonight. The mission that God has for Anchor Baptist Church. All right? As long as God has not come, and as long as we are alive, God has a job for each one of us, his children, to do. You with me? Uh, I've heard a lot of people, you know, well, I, I'm, I'm retired. And it's okay, it's, it's okay to retire from a job. There's no problem with that. But it's not okay to retire from your Christianity. <laughs> That's not biblical. And we are Bible Baptists, right? We are Bible Baptists. We believe what the Word of God says. Uh, it's not good to retire from living your Christian life. And I'm talking about real Christianity, right? I'm not talking about a religious Christianity. I'm talking about a biblical Christianity. And so we, we're never retired. Uh, God gives us two options. The rapture. Or death. That's the two options to stop. You know, the, the rapture or death. The rapture hasn't taken place yet. And I think you're all alive tonight, right? Maybe some more than others, right? But we're still all alive. So we still have a job to do. God wants us till the end to glorify him. All right, you with me? You know, Paul uses examples, right? Like for the Corinthian Christians who were carnal, he used the poor Macedonian Christians as an example for them. We have had a lady, she's with the Lord now, Asunta, and she started coming to our church when she was probably 83, I think, 83 years old, okay? And uh, she said, Pastor, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm a little older, I don't move as fast, but she was faithful, all right? She was there. She was faithful. When she got into her 90s, okay, 
she was still faithful coming to church. And, you know, when we would have uh, soul winning on Saturdays, she couldn't go out and walk door to door like we do. But she stayed and she prayed and she folded tracks. Because we, we print our tracks and then we have to cut them and then we have to fold them. She would stay and pray and she would stay and fold tracks. And she did that up until almost her 100th birthday. She went to be with the Lord four months before her 100th birthday, and she was still being faithful. All right? And even though she could not go out door to door because of her age and everything else, she was still being faithful, doing what she could do to fulfill the great commission, what we call the great commission. That's what we're going to read tonight, verse 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much. For these dear folk that are here tonight, thank you that you got us here also so that we could be a participant in this service. And I ask that everything that we say and do will bring honor and glory to you. And I ask that each person here tonight would do exactly what you want them to do. That they would make the decisions that you want them to make so that you can be glorified and so that your church can go forward. And I'll give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. The Great Commission starts where? Anybody can tell me, where's the Great Commission start? Acts 1.8. Jerusalem. For you all, Maslin, right? And then it's supposed to spread out from there. All right? It's supposed to spread out from there. But it starts in Jerusalem. And, and you know, every time that we come back for a furlough, we come back with a little bit of ansiedad, um, anxiousness. Okay, because we never know what we're going to find in the churches. We never know. We never. Uh, uh, we've got one of our sporting churches that they're getting ready to close. That's never a good thing. Okay, uh, we've had others that have had church splits, which again is never a good thing. All right. We, uh, there, there might be some, praise the Lord, the great majority of the churches we've been in so far have been doing the work. Great services, doing the work. And, and that's what I want to encourage you all tonight is to keep on keeping on. Do not let Satan distract you or discourage you. Because that's what he wants to do. I, he was doing that to me just a little while ago when I couldn't get in my car. I'm thinking, oh yeah. I can't, I'm called, called to church, goes into the answer machine. I'm thinking, oh, well, we couldn't find, you know, a cab. Uh, we couldn't find Uber, nothing. We're thinking, how? I'm thinking, I might get to church tonight. I might not. I'm not sure, you know. And so uh, then he texted me. I said, hey, man, praise the Lord. At least I can get to church. I said, hey, I don't have a Bible. I don't have anything. He said, can you preach? I said, I can preach if you can get me a Bible. I can preach. There's no problem with that, you know. Don't let Satan discourage you. God is still in control. His great commission is still our commandment. And he still wants us to be busy about his business. 
Listen, folks, it doesn't matter what happens on Tuesday. I'm going to tell you that right now. It's important. We are, as citizens, we ought to do our part. But no matter what happens, God is still in control. It's written here in the book. Nothing's going to change. He still wants us reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. All right? Now, I don't know about you, but here on furlough this year, I, I, I've been getting, feeling a little old. Because we've had five or six people say, preachers say, are you going to retire? And I finally asked my wife, I said, am I looking old? What, what's, the, what's the deal? And I started asking God, God, are you saying, do you want us to retire? January 10th, we're heading back. He hasn't told us to retire, all right? We're going back because God is still in control. God still wants us preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ across this world, starting at Jerusalem. What are you doing through your church, because God works through his local churches. He doesn't work through parachurch organizations. He, he has chosen his local churches to fulfill the Great Commission. And my question tonight to you is, what are you doing? What part do you have for your church reaching its Jerusalem and reaching the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the, listen, I've heard people say, well, pastor, I don't have the gift of evangelism. Right? Can I tell you something? I don't either. But we have a command. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's what God said. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know, that verse is the verse that God used through a preacher witnessing to me that just blew me away. Because he said, for God so loved Steve that he gave his only begotten son that if Steve would believe in him, Steve would be saved. And that just blew me away that God, the creator of everything, loves me. And that day, July 1st, 1978, I got on my knees at 1442 Sullivan Avenue in the preacher's office and received Jesus Christ as my Savior. Folks, we need to understand. People looked at me when I was unsaved, said, you're worthless, you'll never amount to hill of beans, and things like that. They don't know what God can do in a person's life. When I was in junior high, I refused to take Spanish, and then God called me to a Spanish-speaking country, huh? Huh? People say, was it hard for you to learn Spanish? I, said, I don't even speak English very well. Yes, it was hard for me to learn Spanish. I don't know anything about grammar, you know? I've had, in a couple of my churches, I, I pastored two churches here in Ohio, and I had, one of them had an English teacher. She used to always cringe when I preached, you know, she, you know, I mean, God can use us, folks. It doesn't matter how young we are. It doesn't matter how old we are. It doesn't matter how much education we have. It doesn't matter if we're rich or we're poor. God can use us if we will surrender to obey him. You know what real biblical faith is? Hebrews chapter 11. If you, has anyone ever read Hebrews chapter 11? Amen. You know, we call it the hall of faith, right? If you read that, and it's talking about faith. You know what you're going to find out? God commanded something, and the person showed their faith by obeying God. 
It's not something mystical. You know, people like to make faith something mystical. It's not mystical. God said to do something, and Noah said, I will. Even though I don't know what rain is, even though I don't know what a flood is, even though I don't know what an ark is, you told me to do it, I'm going to do it. You said it's going to happen, it's going to happen, I'm just going to obey what you've told me to do. Okay? And I got a question. How many people entered into the ark? Eight. And Noah preached for over a hundred years. Sometimes we get discouraged because we don't get people saved all the time, all the time, all the time. Hey, just keep on keeping on. When I got saved, God put me with a man in the church, Larry. Okay? Larry's the one that took me soul winning first time, you know. Because part of the Great Commission is winning souls to Christ, getting them baptized so they become a member of a good Bible-believing Baptist church. Number three is teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. Not just teaching them. Teaching them to observe all things. And you know what the greatest teacher is? Doing it. Apprenticeship. Right? That's what, that's the great. Larry took me on his way. Larry, we went door to door. Knocked on that first door. As a brand new Christian. Lady opens the door. Columbus, Ohio. Because I'm from Columbus. All right? Born and raised. Opens the door. Larry says, we're from the Westland Baptist Temple. Man, I mean, she didn't just shut the door. She slammed the door in our faces. Okay? I'm a new Christian. Okay? My first time going out soul winning door to door. I'm saying, what is going on here? But, you know, Larry had been in it long enough. You know what he said? Let's go on. That's going to happen a lot. But sooner or later, God's going to give us the opportunity to witness to somebody. That's what I needed. That's why the Bible says two's better than one. Because if I'd have been by myself, I would have given up and never gone out again. Okay? That's what we need to be doing. Huh? We still go door to door in Argentina. Can I tell you this? Argentina is not your typical Latin American country, okay? It's more European. Okay? Very difficult to get somebody saved. All right? We still do door to door. Now, if you ask me, do you get a lot of results? No. We don't, but we still do it. Because sooner or later, even if you throw a track under the door, like we did one time, we, we, we were passing out smiley tracks that says, someone loves you with a big smile face on it. Lady comes home discouraged. She's depressed. She's just moved to this place, and she can't get her furniture and, and everything delivered. She's discouraged. She, she's not sure what to do. She opens the door, and what's looking up at her on the floor? A smiley track that says, somebody loves you. You know what? She came to church. You never know. You just got to be faithful doing it. It doesn't matter the results. The results are up to God. Our job is to be faithful doing what he's called us to do. He will give the results. Jeremiah preached and preached and preached. You know what? He didn't have anybody saved. Isaiah heard the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah said, hey, I will. And God says, okay, here's what's going to happen. You're going to go, but they're not going to pay attention to you. They're not going to listen to you. You're not going to have one convert. That was going to be the results for Isaiah, okay? But he went anyway because he wanted to be faithful 
to God. He wanted to obey God. Noah obeyed God. Jeremiah obeyed God. It's our responsibility also, folks, to obey God. God says he wants us to be witnesses of him. Uh, even more than that, you know why God gave us the Holy Spirit? It wasn't to do miracles. It wasn't to speak in tongues or anything like that. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. He gave us his Holy Spirit to have the power to be faithful witnesses of Jesus Christ. That's why he gave us his Holy Spirit. That you and I would be here in his place as his representatives, his ambassadors, taking his message across the globe. But it starts right where we are. And it starts like this, folks, living the real biblical Christian life. Listen to me well. It starts with living correctly. It starts by people seeing you and I obeying God seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Not just when we're in church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday nights. Don't be like my uncle who went into a bar, backslidden Christian, preaching that these people needed to get saved. He's drunk, preaching to them. You know what they're thinking? Who is this idiot? Preaching, what? Look, look at him. Look at him. It doesn't work. We've got to have the lives to back up the message that God has given us. You see, Jesus not only came to die on the cross, he came to save us and change us and make us his children so that we could be children of light, not of darkness. If we're not living correctly, we are showing the world that we're children of the devil. Now, we are children, we might be children of God, backslidden like my uncle, but what we're showing to everybody else is that we are not the children of God. If we're going to fulfill the Great Commission, we have to be living correctly. We have to have the light coming out of our lives to back up what comes out of our mouths, because if we don't, <laughs> it's not going to work. And you know, and when you have the life to back up what you're saying, it's still not easy. You, you, know, you understand that, right? It's not easy. When we started our first church in Columbus, I worked, one of my jobs was, uh, I was a postal carrier in Dublin, Ohio. Okay, and there was two Christians, me and Mitch, we were both Baptists, me and Mitch. Okay, the other guys, can I tell you, they did anything and everything to try to cause us to fall. You know, at that time, I don't know how it is now, at that time, they used to send playboys and penthouses through they come over with, hey, look at here, preacher. Look at here, you know. I mean, bad. We had, we had one, John, he was an agnostic, okay. I mean, he was real bad. He was agnostic. He was, he, he, he was on us continually. But you know what? One day a guy came up to me. He said, Steve, I, can I talk to you? He said, I've got a problem. I'm, I'm an alcoholic. And if I tell my friends, they're just going to laugh it off and say I don't have a problem. Who did he go to? The one that was living right. After I left there and went full time with the church, we won another young man, Eric, to the, to the Lord, one of the other carriers. 
And John, who was the worst of all of them, got home one day and there was a note on the table. How many of y'all have been in the military before? Would you raise your hand? Several of us. You, you, you know what a Dear John letter is, right? We saw those in the military, right? Dear John. That's when you, either your girlfriend or your wife, you know, wrote, leaving you, you know. John got a Dear John letter. His wife had left him. It brought him to his knees. You know who he looked and searched out for? Mitch, that other Baptist guy, Mitch, who he had just, you know, got onto continually day after day after day, but he knew Mitch, Mitch would listen and that Mitch would be someone who could help him. Folks, we have something that they need. We have something that the unsaved people need. We need to show it to them. We need to tell them about Jesus Christ. Think about it. Where would you be if someone had not told you about Jesus? Just take a second for me. Where would you be tonight if someone had not told you about Jesus? And I can tell you where I'd be. One of two places. Dead, like a couple of my best friends, or in jail. I, I, I can tell you without any doubt in my mind, if someone had not told me about Jesus, I'd be in one of those two places tonight. I would not be here at Anchor Baptist Church. But praise God, someone told me about Jesus. And that's what we're supposed to be doing. I have a question for you. Is all of Maslin, Ohio saved? How about you all that are in school, you kids and teenagers, all those classmates saved? You all that work, how many have jobs and you're working somewhere? Would you raise your hands? All your co-workers saved? How about you, all of your neighbors, are they saved? That shows us there's still a job to do. This great commission that Jesus commissioned his churches to do over 2,000 years ago is still, is still vigente. We're still so, is that an English word? That's a Spanish word, isn't it? <laughs> Woo! In effect, okay? It's still in effect, all right? Taught you a little bit of Spanish there tonight, okay? That happens every once in a while, okay? It's still in effect. Again, until you die. Or until Jesus comes back to take us home. Okay? And we need to be accomplishing it. And you might say, well, I have a lot of health issues. There's still things you can do to help Anchor Baptist Church. Because you are a part of Anchor Baptist, if you're a member. Because Anchor Baptist is not this building, right? It's the members. There's still something you can do to help Anchor Baptist Church reach its Jerusalem. Even though you might not be able to go out door to door like a Sunta could not go out door to door, there is still things you can do to help Anchor Baptist Church reach its Jerusalem. And one of the things is prayer. And so many times we think, well, that's, that's something. But that, I, I know that, but there, there's got to be more that I can do. Did you just hear... 
disciples asked Jesus, can you teach us to pray like John taught his disciples? They understood the, the importance of prayer. Folks, if, if we go out trying to win the world to Christ without praying first, we're doomed. We've got to be praying for it because the Holy Spirit has got to be working or no one will get saved. Uh, we, can, we can preach and, and we can witness, but if the Holy Spirit of God is not moving in the hearts of those people, we will not see them get saved. May 1978, I was in the United States Army, Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri, Fort, Fort Lost in the Woods, right? I get a phone call from my mom. You know, they had to come up and get me. I was on the second floor. I had to go down because we didn't have cell phones in those days. You know, you had one phone in each barracks, you know. So I went down. Mom said, hey, I got some good, good news for you. I said, what? She, you're, it was May of 1978. Your dad just got saved. Amen. I'm thinking, okay. Because I'm not saved yet, okay? I said, okay. But you know what? God, my mom was a preacher. You know, she wasn't a preacher in the, in the sense that, you know, she preached from the pulpit. She knew that wasn't right, you know. But, you know, she was a proclaimer of the word of God. Okay. One of her favorite verses, be sure your sins will find you out for her kids. Okay. You know, I mean, she was a preacher. She made a covenant with God. And for six years, she kept it. Every time there's an altar call, I will be forward praying for my husband's salvation. Six years. She, every invitation, she came up front. She knelt down. She didn't care what the people were thinking. She knelt down at the altar praying for Bud's salvation. May 1978, my dad got saved. My mom went home to be with the Lord last, last year. My dad's still alive. He became a bus driver in the bus ministry for years. Until they made him, even though he had no accidents whatsoever, they made him because of his age quit driving the bus, you know. But God used that phone call to start working on me about my salvation. May, that May 1978. That finally I decided I was going to take a, you know, a, a furlough for the 4th of July, and I made an appointment with my mom's preacher to sit down with him, and that's when he led me to Christ. But it started with that phone call. Well, my mom started before, you know. She, Preaching, 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 you know. But then that phone call and the Holy Spirit started working in me. But you know what? I know that what was behind, there was a lot of prayer, prayer. My dad got saved because my mom dedicated six years of every time there's an altar call, I will go forward and I will pray for his salvation. Prayer. It's important, folks, for us to reach this world with the gospel of Christ. You take prayer away, there is no fulfilling the Great Commission. You take prayer away, there is no fulfilling. Dedicate yourselves to praying for your Jerusalem. Every time there's a time for the church to go out soul winning, even though you cannot go out, pray during that time that God will open doors. Paul even Asked, pray for me. Huh? That God will give me an open door. And that not only that, that God will give me the words to say. All right? Prayer is very important. God wants Anchor Baptist Church to be growing. Reaching people with, with, for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you know what? It's not always pretty. 
Can I tell you, when you're trying to reach sinners with the gospel, it's not always pretty. You know, I've heard things like this. Well, I'm not going to pick them up in my car because they'll get my car dirty. Uh, it's God's car, I think. I think, I think the Bible t- is God's car, you know. You know, uh, well, if, if we bring them in, you know, they'll mess up the pews. How much is one soul worth to God? And what is worth to God, it ought to be worth to us also. You know, in the second church that we pastor here in Ohio, we start, uh, the church was gotten kind of away from evangelism. And so we started bringing in lost teenagers. You know, when you bring in lost teenagers, they bring a lot of stuff with them, you know. A lot of stuff, you know. But you know what? God started saving teenagers. But I had some folks, preacher, I don't think we ought to let them be coming in. They're doing this and this and this and this. You know, they come in onto the parking lot, their music's blurring. I said, they're lost. They need Jesus. It's Jesus that can change them and only Jesus. We need to, you know what happens? Here's what happens. Happens in marriage, you know. Things get old, you know, we get accustomed, you know, and things, you know. It happens in our Christianity also. We forget what we were like before we got saved. You know, hey, I remember hearing from family, you'll never amount to a hill of beans. You're worthless. Huh? I remember hearing my mom. My mom had 13 kids and not a single one of them that did, they have to go and get out of jail. But here you are, 12 years old, I have to go get you out of jail. You know, I heard it all the way from Mansfield, Ohio, all the way back to Columbus, Ohio. Okay. When I started taking Pam back to Columbus to meet my family, they all wanted to tell her how bad of a kid and a teenager I was. Okay. Don't ever forget, God can save anyone. And God can change anyone. And God can call us to do a great and mighty work for him if we will allow him. Folks, there is no, can I say this? There is no average Christian unless they choose to be average. There is no average Christian unless you choose to be average. If you want, we are more than conquerors through him. Okay, what we have to do is that we need to get inserted in Hebrews chapter 11. And when God says, go into all the world, starting in Jerusalem and take my gospel to every creature, we need to say, God, I will do it. By your grace, by your power, I will be a faithful witness for you. I will help Anchor Baptist Church fulfill the great commission that you gave to Anchor Baptist Church to start winning people in Maslin and then take it across the world. Folks, don't settle for average. God wants to do great things through your life. But he can only do it when we bend the knee and we make him not only our savior, but we make him our Lord. You, know, you understand what Lord means, don't you? Boss. Amen. You know, the captain, 
gives an order. I don't know how it is today. And you say, I'm not going to do that. You're in trouble. You're, I mean, you're in trouble. Huh? No. When the captain gave the order, it was, yes, sir. It wasn't, well, let me think about it. Let me pray about it. You know, no. When he gave the order, it was to be obeyed now. Not in 10 minutes, not in 10 hours, now. Folks, God has given us a commandment. Are we being obedient? And I can guarantee you this. If we will be obedient to his command, he will bless. He will bless. And we will see people get saved. We will see lives changed. And we will see miracles happen. You know what the greatest miracle is, don't you? A sinner being made a child of God. That's the greatest miracle on planet Earth. And only God can do it. But he allows us to be a part of it. Can you imagine that? He allows us to be a part of the greatest miracle that this world will ever see. A sinner being changed into a saint. Hey, you're worthless, you'll never amount to hell of beings. Being a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ for 42 years now. You never know. Don't look at the kids and teenagers and say, ooh, they're, you know, you never know. Don't look at that drunk, don't look at that drug addict. You never know. Just give them the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is what they need. Huh? They don't need all these social programs. They need Jesus. And if they really get Jesus, he will change their lives and make them what they could never make themselves to be. And folks, that is the greatest thing that we can be a part of. Seeing people getting saved and changed for the glory of of God. Let's all stand, please. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. In just a minute, I'm going to have an invitation. Are you being obedient to the Great Commission? What part are you participating in in your church in helping Anchor Baptist Church fulfill the Great Commission? Piano again begins to play. If the, the Lord worked in your heart tonight, you want to use the altar. The altar's open. Seems to be a theme today uh, about the faithfulness of God. I know how we need to be so faithful to a world that needs to hear the gospel. The altar's open. want to come and pray for a lost lost family member lost friend just keep on going on